Welcome back to another super exciting episode of the Die Hard Minute. It is the podcast where every day, Monday through Friday, different movie by minute hosts discuss probably the greatest action movie of all time, Die Hard. I am Nathan of the Stanley Kubrick Minute. And I am Jacob of Jacob. Oh, wow. Of Jacob. And of the Stanley Kubrick Minute. Oh, you must start another podcast without me. I didn't know about it. Yeah, it's, called, it's the same title and all, but wow. completely different content. We are back at you. Minute 8. Yeah, this minute 8. Look at that. off with... Just knocking them out. Just crushing them. Getting through these minutes. Day at a time. Yeah. It's how it works. Uh, just a peek behind the curtain. We record these, you know, one day at a time. We stick faithfully to the format. You guys hear it one day at a time, and we record it one day at a time. And we put a lot of effort into this. We prepare. Several We've hours. We've done our research. I skipped work today to prepare for this. Uh, so wow. y- you should hear it in the That's quality. more devotion than I have, so I, I commend you. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Nathan Chucklin. So, Minute 8 starts off with John McClane explained to Argyle why he and his wife live in different towns. This is the exposition minute? Yes, and it ends with Argyle exclaiming to John McClane that this is Christmas music. It is. In it's fact, a pretty. It's some pretty dope Christmas music. It is Christmas music. It is Run DMC's Christmas and Hollis, and I'll be one hundred percent honest. I've never read it. Okay, well, only neither have I. It die Hard. No, only here. Yes, of course. Of course. It, I found it. It's kind of funny. He puts the cassette into the yeah. limo. Remember those? Uh, my, I do actually remember those. <laughs> Me too. I I know. Cars, uh, I know a few cars that still yeah, have Yeah, some of them players. still have cassette However, players. I don't know why you'd ever use it, but... The only, I've never, ever owned a cassette. I've never bought a cassette. My parents own quite a few cassettes, so I've seen them. Often. Oh, I've, I've definitely seen them. I've but held I've, them. But I've never personally put one in to, to listen. Or maybe I have. The only ever. cassette type thing that I put into a cassette player is the one that has the aux cord. So you put that into the cassette player and you just plug the aux cord in and you're good to go. Um... Look at that wood actually, paneling. Actually, in my truck, actually. Or not my truck, in that, the, in uh, that limo. It's a fancy limo. Yeah, it is very fancy. We're just scrubbing through here. <laughs> yeah, like Jake said at the beginning, this is very dialogue-heavy. We get some more backstory on John McClane. Yeah, and, you know, this movie doesn't have too much dialogue. I mean, it has dialogue, of course, but, you know, it's it, it's an action movie. So, But I think I don't particularly like this line here where he's talking about it feels like John McClane doesn't feel like the person to, like, just open up immediately to Argyle about his marital problems. Yeah, yeah even, like, the minute prior, he's like, you always ask as many questions. And, mm. uh, and then here's just Argyle like, I'm asks, a cop, I have all this stuff to do. Yeah, Argyle asked, like, Still, it's not bear married? It's not terrible, said, it's, it's good written dialogue, I'm just not oh, sure yeah. John McClane would have uh, said it. It doesn't seem to fit his character a whole lot. Still. It gets it gets the job done quickly, which exactly. I commend it for that at the very least. You know, you get, it, you get in, you get out. And it does that exactly. And John McClane's still just going to town on that cigarette. <laughs> uh, we learn, of course, that he is a New York cop. Yeah. And uh, he still has, like, six months of worth of bad guys to put behind bars so he can't get up and leave that easily. Speaking of bad guys and cops, what are, are your experiences with the police? <sighs> I've had one experience. Well, you go first, because mine will take significantly longer. Okay. Well, well I mean, two, technically, but, but one of well, them is your well, experience, well, 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 so... Well, well, well. But yeah, I'm not gonna tell it. I'm not gonna. You know me. I'm not gonna steal your thunder there. Um, no, but but one time I was, it was uh, at a political rally here in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh my God. I won't say for who, and 
keep it. It was downtown in the uh, convention center. It was, it was okay. over, and we were leaving. And it was really busy, and there's a cop directing traffic. And my dad was trying to get to the light rail to get back to uh, Tempe, where we had parked our car earlier that day. Okay. And he saw it coming, so he like rushed across the street right as the cop was like telling pedestrians to stop. And I was like, "What the? F- what do I do?" Mm-hmm. And so like I ran after the da- uh, after my dad. And the cop just stared at me and was like, told you to stop. I was like, just follow my dad here. It's not me. And I just got really like, he's going to arrest me. For he clearly wasn't. Was like, that your only run-in with the law? Yeah. I don't have run-ins with the law. Oh, my God, dude. I'm going to home like a and delinquent. Watch, I stay home and I watch movies. I don't, there's no opportunity for the law to catch up with me. I, okay. Let me, let me clarify. I'm not a delinquent. Yes, you are. I'm not a bad person. In in my mind, you are. I. All of my run-ins with the law have happened while driving, so take that for what it's worth. So what we're really saying is we'll create an app that tells you where Nathan Shuckman is at all times driving so you can steer clear of him, give him a mile radius. Keep people off the roads when this hazard is on there. I drive... Fast. Rather fast. I've slowed down significantly for a reason that we will get into, but <laughs> uh, I drive decently fast. Listen, I drive fast too, but you drive faster than I do. And, <laughs> and a bit more, I'm a very reserved driver despite mm. driving fast because speed limits in are just, they're lower than Especially they here. Yeah. Especially here. Yeah. But, okay, tell the story. Get on with it. My, my first <laughs> run-in with the law... It was my first, what was it? It was like four months after I got my license. And my dad was cutting some wood laminate, you know, the like floor for the floor or whatnot, in the garage. And we just got done eating lunch. And all of a sudden I heard him just scream, runs inside, says, Nathan, grab the keys. You got to take him to the hospital right now. He cut his hand on a table saw. And so he wrapped his hand in a towel because it was bleeding a lot. Where exactly in his hand did he get Like cut? right across the fingers. They had to cut off his wedding ring to work on. Uh, so it didn't cut through somewhere. anything. It didn't cut through, but there's no two of there's his no fingers, dangling fingers out this there. This is a little graphic. Gro- yeah, graphic. But uh, so just if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead like 15 seconds. But two of his fingers were like hanging. Well, that's that's too much for me. So let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bad cut, and uh, so of course me being a new driver, I was freaking out, and it was my dad, so I'm freaking out, I'm like, oh my god, alright, we're flying down the road, this is a, a separate thing, so we're flying down the road, and um, we come up to the light, It's a, it's a, we have a red light, and there's a car already stopped at the intersection that we're driving forward on, and the guy, my dad says, just go around this guy, what he wanted to say, what he told me after, he said, I wanted to say, just go around this guy and make a right, but he didn't, he said, just go around this guy, so I, being a good son... <laughs> Go around the guy at the red light, and in the intersection, we get T-boned on my way to the hospital with my dad's hand just bleeding. And so I got in a car accident, and I got a ticket for running a red light. I got to drive in a back of a police car to the hospital to see my dad. It was, uh, it sucked, I'll be honest. And then I had to drive <laughs> volleyball practice. <laughs> but, uh, I got that ticket, and then the magistrate said, yeah, he threw it out because medical emergency. So that was the first time. The second time, I I was just speeding. I was going 84 and a 60, and the cop got me with the gun, pulled me over, gave me the ticket. 
I went to a driving school, so that went off the record. It's very, very lucky. Yeah, no, that was very lucky. However, uh, no, no, there's another time. You the, do have something on your record. The third time, this is not. This is a different one. Oh. The third time. Well, look at you. Was uh, it was in rural Ohio, and a lot of times in like rural towns, cops will sit and wait for just drunk drivers to pull them over, and uh, so you got to be really careful because they're looking for any reason to pull you over. And so I was going maybe two over. And as I passed the police officer, I saw him. So I was going two over. And the cop pulls out behind me. I was like, pull me over, dude. I want you to do it. Like, I will fight because I did nothing wrong. So he pulls me over. I roll down the window. He says, uh, the license and registration, please. So I handed it to him. I say, uh, sir, just out of curiosity, what was I doing wrong? He said, just give me a minute. So he goes back to the cop, or to his police car. He's like, oh my gosh, like maybe it did screw up. <laughs> he comes back, hands me his stuff. He says, your license plate light is out, so just get that fixed. <laughs> and he said, all right, I will. I'll let my dad know. <laughs> yeah, they, they'll get you for that license plate light. Yeah, I, didn't, I genuinely didn't know that there was a license plate light until I got pulled over for it. Yeah, it's, it's one of the stupider. It, it doesn't make any over. sense. Um, there's one more time where... A guy slammed on the brakes in front of me, and I wasn't quick enough, and I kind of rear-ended him. So that's on my record. But the Ooh, big one. Look at you. The big one that Jake is mentioning that Jake was in the car for. We went up to Flagstaff for the day just to hang out and get out of the heat. And on our way back, you're going through the mountains, and so you're picking up some speed, you know. You were long past the mountains. I'm explaining okay. it beforehand. And so we were going probably, we hit 100 at one point, just going through the mountains. Sure. And, uh, Which, you know, it's, it's reasonable. You're trying to yeah, get Yeah, it wasn't just like... There's not that many cars. It's yeah. open spaces. Exactly. And so it wasn't just like I was just flying past cars. It was very open. And, you know, uh, cars speed in Arizona. That's this what they do. what it is. The, if you don't speed, you're doing, you're the weird one. Exactly. Almost all uh, cars go 80. And a cop will not is. necessarily pull you over. Yeah. So, we get out of the hills or whatever, and I'm still probably going like 85, 90. And one car, the Corvette, gets into the HOV lane and just hits the gas and hits probably 140. I've never seen a car go faster, ever in my life. We were going exceedingly fast. That car was going exceedingly fast from our perspective. Yeah. From going so, we were going to 100, and that car was flying past us. It was, it was unbelievable. I was seeing something that I've never seen before. Just speed. That it was, was ridiculous. Unparalleled. Ridiculous. And, uh, however, he must have seen a police officer before I did because I didn't see him. And once I did, it was far too late. I hit the brakes. I saw him pull out. I was like, crap. Well, here comes a ticket. That's fine. I was like, okay, that's not the worst thing in the world. So get out. Or not get out. Get over to the side of the road. <laughs> get out. And uh, he comes up to the window. I roll the window down. He says, uh, can you step outside? We'll discuss this back here. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I come outside, turns me around, puts me in handcuffs, and says, you're under arrest for a criminal traffic violation. So puts, you're yeah, a criminal. Puts me in handcuffs, puts me in the back of a police car. And he says, you know, I could tow your car right now and take you to jail, and slams the door. Then he went back and, I don't know, I guess got my license and registration. Yeah, we, we had a, to say a chat would be an exaggeration of <laughs> epic proportions. He asked for your driver's license and he asked for the registration. 
an insurance, which I did not know where it was. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I provided him with, to the best of my knowledge. Of, I didn't have the insurance card in my car. Of, of stuff. Which was a thing that I had. And that was about it. Yeah, so I got to ponder on the fact that I might go to jail. And he comes back, and we discuss things. And another cop pulls up and asks the guy, what's up, man? He said, oh, not much, just got back. Um, I just had a child. He said, oh, that's sweet. And then uh, he rolls down the back window. He said, oh, what's this guy doing? He said, oh, he's going 102 miles an hour. The cop in the other car does like a double take, looks at the car, looks at me, says, that thing goes 100 miles an hour? He's like, uh, apparently. I mean, <laughs> if he pulled me over for 100 miles an hour. So, yeah, I got a ticket for going 102. I had, uh, just had the court date like two weeks ago. I had to pay $350. So for all you kids out there listening, don't, don't go, go 100 miles an hour. <laughs> I just remembered another run-in with the law. Oh. Not me. Oh, okay. But I was in the uh, the right, the passenger seat mm. when my mom got pulled over. Because mm. there was, in uh, Tucson, there is a intersection where there is a exceedingly large bike lane yeah. that looks like a turning, right turning lane. Mm-hmm. And almost There's one everyone, everyone looks, uses it as a turning lane. But here's the thing. The one by our apartment is clearly marked yeah, that is as true. a bike lane. This it's one like is the not. the last, like, 20 feet is the little dashes. I just get over anyway. This one is not clearly marked. Everyone. Okay. There's not everyone, but with some degree of regularity, mm-hmm. people use it as a turning lane. Sure. Because, you know, you're not going to wait. No. And no, one, you, no one bikes. I mean, yeah, they bike, exactly. but they, you know. No one bikes. And so my mom just happened to be the, uh, the unlucky soul that a, a cop pulls over and like, you can't use that as a turning lane. And I was in the car. How did she handle it? I don't remember. <laughs> That's all that I remember. So, so I've, you know, I've been in the passenger seat along for the ride and pullovers on wow. two occasions. So that was a little tangent, but yeah, if you will allow me to get back no. to a movie <laughs> called Die Hard, I... Did a little bit of research here. Oh, good. Yeah, look at that. On the director of photography, his name is Jan de Bont. That is my guess. Interesting is name. My, my guess and pronunciation. It's Jan de Bont, probably, if I'm being honest. And he has done pretty much nothing. Four movies. Oh, well, I thought I was going to be ironically saying nothing, but that is. Yeah, but I'll be honest. He did. He's done a lot of work with Madonna, like oh. like a shocking amount of work with Madonna. Like how, why would someone do this? Well, okay, so what, what has he done? The four that people would know, Die Hard, of course. Yep. Basic Instinct. Okay. Lethal Weapon 3. Oh. And The Hunt for Red October. Good movie. The very good movie. And well, then he, a bunch of stuff with Madonna. Oh, he did Minority Report. Oh, so he's done stuff. Five movies. Oh, so like he was just the producer on Minority Report. Uh, he directed Twister and Speed and Speed 2. So really just a lot of Madonna and those four movies. Five movies. Four. No, five. Um, uh, Three, sir. I just I take a, a little bit more interest in cinematographers just because that's, that's what, what I want to like. do. I like, I like uh, making things look good. Speaking of interesting things in the credits... I always forget that this was based off of a book. Me too. Always, always. forget. It's in up fact, there with I like... recently learned that. <laughs> Very recently learned that. 
fact, when we just watched The Minute again, that's when I learned it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's a book. So I looked up look, looked up the book. It's by this, this guy, Roderick Thorpe. Correct. I believe. Um, who And he actually got the idea for, you know, Towering Inferno? Yep. So he got the idea. And he had a dream oh, really? after he watched that. <laughs> really? About people with guns chasing him in a, in a tower. And that's where Die Hard comes from, wow. essentially. That's but awesome. I think the funniest thing that I found reading the Wikipedia summary. As one does. Yeah. As good research is done. Quality research is that Hans Gruber is actually Anton Little Tony Gruber <laughs> in the book. <laughs> so that was fun. Awesome. That is a fun fact. Yeah. It's uh, this movie and like Jurassic Park, I always forget it's based on a book. Because you never think. A lot of things are based on books that people just forget about. Yeah, I would say 2001, but they were kind of written in tandem. It's sort of based on a book. And you could argue... It's based on an idea for a book. Yeah. And the book is based on a day, an idea for a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a paradox. And you, you could say Apocalypse Now, more or less, Heart of Darkness. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, that's kind of all I really had. Again, this is very, like, uh, dialogue. Not a lot of super interesting shots. There's another insert shot, which... I love. And then it ends with a uh, pan up to the Nakatomi Plaza as a they arrive the there. Up, yeah. As we hear Run DMC just going to town. Yeah. However, 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 what? If you look about 20 seconds in, you know what you see in the reflection? I think I think that's just a reflection. No, that is a camera. This movie is awful. I can't stand this movie. Um. Oh wait, do you actually want to say what we think of this movie? We'll, we'll save wait, it we'll for wait, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait, save it we'll for wait. tomorrow. And with that, that's a segue into... Uh... Into plugs. Hit us up on Twitter, Die Hard Minute. Facebook, Die Hard with a Podcast Listener's Limo. And uh, check out the website, dieharminute.com. And um, we actually, Stanley Kubrick Minute has a Twitter handle. It's, Good for uh, us. At Stanley Kubrick Min, I think. If you just type in Stanley Kubrick Minute, you should find us. And I don't use Twitter, but... I run the but Twitter. But Nate does, it's so fun. he'll see it. We, we do some fun things on there, so hit us up. Check I us out. Know. Uh, we have a Facebook page too, uh, just Stanley Kubrick Minute. Uh, that's not as updated as the Twitter, but it's still updated. So check us out, check out Die Hard, and uh, check us out tomorrow when we tackle Minute 9 wow. of uh, the greatest action movie ever made, Die Hard. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.